Hello, everybody, and welcome back to You Can't Win. This is Tom here, and I'm joined by Don, as usual. And today we have returning guest Harvey back, and we're just going to be checking in with him, seeing how things are going. Uh, last time we talked to him, he shared a bunch of stories about serving papers that has become, that episode has become like a fan favorite. A lot of people have said they uh, enjoyed it and that they are looking forward to this guest appearance. So it should be a fun episode. Uh, so yeah, let's just see how Harvey's doing. How you doing, man? Hey guys, what's up? Um, so yeah, um, I've been serving papers pretty much nonstop during COVID-19, which has been a very strange thing to, uh, go through. Because it's uh, like I've I've uh, gotten to like basically be outside and out and about the whole time while um, Washington, D.C. like went through like a full like sh- shut down to like a partway one to, you know, kind of where it's at now. So it's been uh, very strange because um, initially I was mostly serving businesses and uh of course, all of those closed down. So I, I ended up spending a few months just like working through our backlog of casework, which ended up being like going to a place and finding out it's been closed down for good. And then having to like, you know, like mark that and then go on. So it's like been like very strange to see things like kind of like closed down in real time, you know, mm-hmm. and like be out with the, uh, mask and stuff now um i'm focusing again uh kind of what i did in the old days which is mainly serving people at home which is which is neat you know because like that's like that's like kind of more fun um yeah you get to trick people more uh like usually when you show up to like a place of work you can just say it's like hey i have a summons and then there's like someone there whose like job it is to like kind of take that mm-hmm. um you know, whereas at like home, we have to do all the tricks and stuff. So it's like, it's like been nice to kind of go back to the old grind. Um, sure. couple, couple of funny stories. Um, there was, uh, I, I, I got one job. Uh, there's a, um, Republican club located like right next to one of the congressional buildings on, uh, Capitol Hill. And there was a joint chief of staff who was accused of some kind of like, um, groping or like sexual misconduct thing and uh they and they were trying to sue him and he was trying to dodge the paper and so they found out that he was supposed to give like a talk at a breakfast thing for you know all of these uh gop blood drinking weirdos at like (laughs) yeah at like like seven o'clock in the morning and so, and so they sent me out to serve him as he uh, got there. And so I just kind of went and I parked my car near the place and I waited. I was like, well, I, I think what's going to happen is that an important looking SUV is going to pull up and that's going to be the one that he's in. Mm-hmm. And um, then, then a few of those types of cars pulled up and it was like, oh, there's a senator. Oh, there's, there's, there, there's uh, that guy. Oh. Lindsey Graham, hey man, what's up? Um, but then, eventually, his pulled up, and um, I don't know what his security staff were up to because, for whatever reason, they just let me get out of my car and like blow right by them and like serve him face to face. And his uh, security got so mad at me that they got the police there right away, and I had to stay for like I think an hour and a half. Um, 
explaining what I was doing and like why I served him with papers. And I'm like, I'm, I'm not sure why they had me serve him. It's just a thing that had to happen. Um, but then, you know, I like called my boss and he got mad at me because like, well, how, how long did you wait? And I was like, well, I just went back to my car. It's like, well, no, you should have had your car ready to run and you should have peeled away as soon as you served him, you know, so you didn't have to deal with the police. And I was like, oh, okay, well, uh, lesson learned, I guess. Um, is that, so that confuses me because I thought, like, isn't this, you know, aren't the police and you, like, you know, why would they be mad at you for sort the of police, being, the, uh, yeah. the, uh, the uh, police weren't mad at me. Okay. Um, it 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 was these kind of like big wig guys who you know were like, oh my god, I can't believe that this guy just blew through our many layers, you know, right? To like, to, like, to, <laughs> yeah. to, to, to like serve this guy. And it's like, no, I mean, I I just walked up to him. He was right there, and they're like, yeah. because he had been tried to serve, because uh, someone had tried to serve him so many times before. The uh, police had already been alerted to someone trying to stalk him. And so oh. they thought that I was the guy who was trying to stalk him. And it's like, no, this is the first time I've seen him. Yeah. Um, you know, but that's, but, but that's just the way things go. Um, thankfully or not so thankfully, mostly it's just serving uh, normal folks now. Um, you know, even during a pandemic, uh, people are still getting divorced. Uh, people are still being sued, you know, all of that good stuff. There, there was this guy last weekend, you know, when I, when I pulled up to his house, he was out in the driveway with his kid and, you know, I, I just went up and said, Hey, it's uh, you, right? And he was like, yeah. And I was like, all right, I have to serve you the papers. And he was like, I'm not going to take those. So I dropped them at his feet and he got really mad about that. So he like followed me back to my car and like, tried to fight me and oh. you know you know it's like hey man look i mean if like you like touch me you know i am gonna have to call the cops i don't want to do that because they're a pain in the ass but like you will go to jail blah 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 mm -hmm. um i mean i mean that's i mean that's that, that that's just kind of what you have to tell people and then so i like get in my car and i'm trying to pull away he he he, he goes to his car and he gets like this big wrench and oh boy. he like and he like runs after like me and like starts to try to like hit me and like my car with like with like the wrench as i'm <laughs> trying to leave and so yeah. yeah that was like that was like pretty wild so i mean and i usually don't do do this at all but i like got out of the car and i cursed him out for like two minutes in a row which was like <laughs> you know i mean i mean it, it's it's like not what you're supposed to do but if you try to hit me with a wrench you know i think i have the right to let a few f-bombs fly yeah, yeah. You in front <laughs> of your kid and your wife and your neighbors and all that stuff yeah um, so yeah that's uh mostly what's been going on uh the um other thing that's weird about work right now is that um and like and like this is th this is a weird thing about the way the like workday works is that whenever your boss says that you're basically able to pick the hours that you work that means that you end up like working way more and being way more exhausted than you would be hmm. if you just worked a straight nine to five. So like, so like the way things work for me right now is I usually go out around like four thirty, and then I go to like about nine o'clock and like try to serve people during that time when 
they're home from work. And then the next morning I take what's left over and I go out at like seven and I go from like seven to 10 AM and I try and I try to serve them then. But then this leaves this like weird time in the middle of the day between like 10 AM and like 4 PM where I'm not like off work yet, you know, Mm -hmm. but I, but I'm like technically off work, but I'm like still thinking about how I have to go back to work. And so I've been trying to find ways to like fill that with a, um, reductive thing to do like oh maybe i can read a book maybe i can clean the apartment or do chores but mostly i i I just get home and sleep Mm -hmm. on on, uh, until i have to go back to work so i yeah siesta yeah i mean i i think i need to hit up people who like work at bars and stuff like that who like never know when they're going to go to work and ask them it's like hey what do you do when you think you're gonna have to go back to work but you're not sure and you can't chill out. Like, how do you do that or, or whatever? Yeah. So mm-hmm. yeah, that, I could never relax. Like w- w- if I am not sure if I have like a solid hour or two or whatever to myself, then I, I can't, I'm just like ready to go. Like I can't settle in oh. and relax, you know? Oh yeah. I mean, it's like, it's, it's uh, I'm, I, I think I'm the same way. And so, you know, it, it, it just ends up feeling I'm, I'm at work from when I wake up till when I get back from like the last shift of the day, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. And then, and then when I get back at nine, it's like, okay, cool. Now this is the time for me. So I want to stay up till two o'clock in the morning watching, you know, shit on TV or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. You know, because like, because like, because like this is, this is my time now. Right. Yeah. I think the idea of like doing something productive with during that time is a good idea because because you're still in that like I'm on the clock mentality, it's sort of like you can kind of work in stuff from your personal life that is sort of like sort of like a work thing, like a chore, you know, that kind of thing that feels kind of like work you have to do. Do that when you're still like in the job mode, you know, and then it's not yeah. part of it's not eating into your like re- relaxation time. Yeah, I mean, I, I have been really good about sleeping and cooking meals and taking out the trash and stuff you know, and just like kind of uh, trying to keep the place clean. So mm-hmm. I think, I think that might be the best I can do. But like, I think what I have in mind is like, Oh, what if I pursued a hobby during this time? Yeah. It's like, no way. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. just, that's just not going to work at all. Yeah. I mean, well, you could start small, you know? Yeah. Maybe do like an hour or half an hour. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, uh, I, uh, did make a promise to my wife and some friends that, um, you know, currently the, uh, foreclosures, and evictions uh where we live are like basically shut shut down right now they uh can't mm-hmm. file new ones so we don't have to serve those and i told myself and i told her that when they start those again you know whether or not i have a new job i think i'm gonna quit just because you know it i think it would feel wrong to me to um you know sort of like have to go around and tell people that they're kicked out of their homes because they weren't able to work and like keep up with stuff when, when, you know, uh, the, um, government overreach told them that they can't go to work because of the, you know, because of the fake bug that was in the air or whatever. So, (laughs) yeah, yeah, (laughs) yeah. Is it possible you could just lose those papers does that help anything <laughs> oh man i i would get both fired and sued 
Yeah. You know, yeah. which is like, which is like, which is like the worst thing that can happen. Um, mm-hmm. cause like being, being, being like fired is one thing, but like being like fired and sued, you know, that's like, that's like two for one. Cause not only do you lose your job, but you now have to pay money because you lost your sure. job. Yeah. 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 Your, your <laughs> like, job is getting sued. Yeah. That's not yeah, yeah. right. And it's like, ah, shit. But I mean, to be fair, if like someone tried to serve me, I feel pretty confident that I'd be able to dodge it for a few years. Sure. You <laughs> know, all the ins and outs. Yeah, so, yeah. Yeah. Maybe like move to a different state and not put my name on the bills, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, how has, uh, how has Wuhan changed your like, uh, um, job in terms of, I see, I was thinking that people would be afraid or not afraid, but like they would use COVID as some sort of excuse for you not getting close to them or, or like, uh, you know, or something around start that. Start coughing like, oh. and sneezing and stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or like, they, uh, yeah. They do, but that doesn't stop me because sure. uh, what I what I do is I just wear like gloves and like the full like face shield and stuff. Sure. And uh, then I like go up to their door and I'll knock and I'll yeah. like walk back like 15 feet. And like yell at them from the sidewalk. Okay, okay. You know, so, are you are you not too worried yourself about it or anything? Or like it's not. Um, um, I'm I'm honestly shocked that I haven't either gotten it or like okay. gotten it and been a super spreader. You know, <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Like that's like definitely been a thing that's in the back of my mind, and it's sure. and and it. I mean, like my 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 job to me is like already kind of a um anachronistic and insane thing that we do yeah and so the fact that it's still going on right now is is just like huh this like has to be a joke you know <laughs> mm-hmm. that i that yeah. i that that like people still have to go through this but um i mean like people will like put up signs on their door and be like do not knock i have covid you know yeah yeah <laughs> don't wake the covid victim right which is like okay sure um man there was a uh, one guy i served a couple of weeks ago who um he had gone to a gun range and like shot up a uh, human shaped you know like thing and then he like taped that to the front of his door <laughs> and, wow. and, 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 I, and i got there and saw that i'm like damn i'm gonna have to be really polite i think well, wow. you know, this is but it uh <laughs> it uh yeah. wound up being fine. How are how are things for y'all? I know that Tom has really liked the uh lockdown, right? I love it. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I mean, I'm just like, you know, I get to wear my pajamas all day. It's awesome. Yeah, I mean, I've like transitioned to wearing sweatpants full time for like yeah. a few months now. And it's <laughs> yeah. just I like trying to wear jeans again and it's like nah I I just don't see the point in this. Every once in a while when I've had to wear pants like that it just feels completely insane like why did why did we bother with this? This is crazy like there's it's not comfortable you know it's not as uh flexible and stuff you can't just I don't know it's it it's so bizarre yeah. Yeah no it's uh weird. I mean it's it's like weird to say but like my uh wife and I have like really thrived during this time because we're like, Oh, we get to spend all this time together again. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and, um, if like someone wants to hang out and we don't want to hang out, then we can just be like, Oh, sorry. We're worried about COVID, you know? <laughs> yeah. 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 
yeah, my life is 99% the same as it was beforehand anyway. So it's not like, you know, the difference is that like I, I had planned like a trip to see Tom and stuff and I was going to try to go more places this year and stuff. And now I just have a reason not to. So, um, yeah. And the border's closed. So that's a good right. basic. <laughs> and, uh, so otherwise, I mean, my, yeah, I probably would have been doing basically the same yeah. anyway. So it doesn't really, I feel always feel bad when people are like, you know, talking about all this very complex things they've had to do to change or whatever. And I'm just like, oh, I don't know. I'm just hanging out. Same old. Right. So have a, yeah. have a, you guys have friends get like mad no. at you because no. you don't, because, <laughs> no, because you no. don't want to hang out. No. Oh, okay. Oh, no, no, no. I, uh, I'm just saying, do you have friends? No. Um, oh, okay. <laughs> no, I mean, I have had to, unfortunately, like, like the thing Don was talking about, like we had to cancel on him visiting, uh, Leo was going to be in the area and, uh, I, I had to cancel on that too. So there's been some situations uh, yeah. like that, that that's been kind of a bummer, but, um, I don't know. Besides, I think a lot of the people, I, I mean, to be honest, I have never been very social like even with the friends that i have here in the city like it takes a lot to kind of get me off my button to go anywhere so that's uh, shocking wow <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> and, uh, i think a lot of the you know other people are now kind of like more on that level you know they're kind of like not trying to do stuff as much so it's just kind of taking a lot of pressure off me to ever leave the house so yeah yeah i don't know it hasn't really been a big issue um when we have hung out with people it's been kind of like out of doors we tried to arrange things like that and now it's getting colder so that's going to be even you know less of a thing uh we oh, were just yeah. talking about Shut like down. thanksgiving Shut and, down. <laughs> yeah totally um thanksgiving and christmas is going to be weird you know we're not really sure what that's going to look like i think yeah, it's going to be a yeah. little bit of a negotiation process to get everyone to agree to some sort of situation that's like safe but also you know, kind of satisfies everyone's need for like a holiday experience, you know? Oh yeah. My uh, parents have been on the phone with me like the whole time. And uh, for them, they live down in South Carolina. And so like COVID for them lasted for like a month. Yeah. Where, where uh, they're like, Oh, we'll wear the mask. This is cute. All right, we're done. You know? Yeah. And, uh, and, but like up, up where I live, it's still like, pretty locked down and so they've been trying to call like hey when do you want to come hang out again and i'm like man i'm not sure that anyone up here would be cool with that if like you guys came up i mean you can i don't care but you know maybe you guys should be pretty careful since you're old you know but they uh they uh, just don't really feel any sense of like threat from it yet um like like halfway through COVID, they went up and picked up my grandma and like brought her to like stay with them, which which was I which was I guess good, so she just wouldn't be by herself. But then like I like asked them what they were up to, and it's like oh yeah, we went and got our uh, nails done and we went shopping, and I was like wait what? Oh this is uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah 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 yeah. <laughs> like they uh, they uh, just did not care at all, and uh, then they said well. South Carolina isn't the same place as Washington DC. I'm like, well that's 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 technically true. Yeah, so okay. <laughs> you win. Hey. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's a great argument, mom. But, um, yeah. Yeah. Well. So um, I yeah. I mean the the numbers aren't good there, I assume. Uh, either way, but yeah. 
No, I but I mean, I think it has had an impact on them in that um, I went from being like my 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 mom like banned me from ever discussing politics with them when I was like I think fifteen or sixteen. Oh, nice, and, good, yeah, yeah, <laughs> which, which like really did it like really. I mean, which was really good for my relationship with with uh, my folks because I just right. never knew who they voted for or what they thought about anything, which I think is the way to be with like people who are old, you know, like you, you can't change their minds. So just chill. Yeah. Um, but she uh, hit me up like last week and their um, church is like going through their own like woke thing, like uh, anti racist sort of stuff. And so like my mom called me and she said, Harvey, do you think I raised you to be a racist? And I was like, I was like, well, that's a loaded question. Do you think I'm a racist now? And she was like, well, no. And I was like, okay, well, there's your answer. You know, I don't. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I don't know what to tell you, but uh, I, I think her and my dad voted for the uh, GOP most of their lives, and then mm-hmm. like they and and the, and, the, and then they both called me and they're like, we just want you to know that we're going to vote for Joe Biden. And I was like, oh <laughs> yeah, wow, yeah, yeah. damn, that's. That's that's crazy. That's crazy that you would vote for the Republican in yeah, a race yeah, between yeah. two, two. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> what? How how are you feeling about this election? Do you think Joe's going to win? Or uh, I'm not super worried about it. Um, I think don't don't the polls look pretty good for Joe? I think so. Yeah. Yeah, yeah but they looked good for Hillary last time too. I don't know why people are relying on that so much. Well, it, I think it's because the Pennsylvania poll is pretty it's like i don't know i was looking yeah after we talked about this last time i i sort of looked through it and i was like yeah it, it is one of those things where if they're wrong in like two places then he then trump wins but it the gap yeah. is still big enough that it's like i don't know i don't know i, I don't know we'll see i we'll guess see. i that sounds yeah. like a bunch of nerd talk to me i'm not putting any stock <laughs> in all that stuff <laughs> yeah no i mean that's like that's like kind of where i am because like i've brought up the polls thing too and people are like no the polls are different this time for uh, this and this, and I'm like, I'm not gonna do the research and like look <laughs> sure, into sure. whether yeah, yeah. you're right or wrong. I don't really know much about how this works. I just kind of have a gut sense. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, I mean, it's just, you know, I've I've been pretty checked out for a while now, just because, um, you know, to like focus more on like self improvement stuff and like keeping my own life, you know, like sure going well i just don't have a lot of time to like read a bunch of news i mean which like which like does sound like a smug thing and people can call me out for that i guess but you know it's 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 just not a thing i have a lot of time to do now so um you, you know what i think that joe could win or you know if he doesn't win i think trump could win too yeah, sure. This, that yeah. looks kind of like, yeah. and those seem to be the two options. The um, yeah. only thing that I'm like, I mean, I'm not really skeptical of like an outcome where either of them like wins either by like a narrow or like a wide, you know, way. But I am skeptical of the people who say that like if Trump loses, he's going to do a coup. Yeah, yeah, that's you yeah. know that that that. I mean, you know, I mean, if 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 he did, I think that would be pretty cool. Yeah, you know, it would like, be funny. I, either, let's just either. throw that into the mix too. Yeah, why yeah, not? Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I, I, 
I think that would shake things up. And like maybe if uh, I've seen people posting about like a potential like a constitutional crisis as as if we're like due for one. And it's like, yeah, that. OK, cool. You know? Yeah. If, I mean, I uh, just want to see like what I mean, like, like I I I don't see Trump or Joe and see a person who I want to have any say so over like my life. So, you know, when you present me with two pretty bad options, I'm just going to, you know, be like, okay, well, whatever. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, 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 that's kind of where I'm at, too. I just hope yeah. things, I think people are tired. I think that's the big thing. Like, no one wants a bunch of political bullshit to go down. Like, yeah. I think they just want somebody to win. They can be mad about it if they don't like it. They can be happy about Ooh. it if it's their guy. But they don't want like some crazy situation, really. I mean, do you think uh, do you think people are tired, or do you think the sort of like massive uh, schizophrenia that we're going through right now is just going to get worse? Because I can see that too. I mean, I would personally like people to kind of chill out a bit, but I can also see things sort of like s- staying like the same as they are now, where people are just like totally nuts all the time. Uh, I, I don't know. I, I do feel like people are tired of the, like, it. I, I can see, like, there being a lot of energy around some sort of issue that isn't specifically, like, kind of partisan politics. But I think people are really just disillusioned with the whole Democrat-Republican sort of fight. And I don't think they want to get involved in anything that's, like, centered on that. You know, like trying to push one side over the other. I mean, there's the crazies on both sides, right? And they're going to be invested in that no matter what happens. But I think most people are just like, can we just move on with this? Like, you guys are both huge morons. No one's really backing you. You know, if you are trying to start a fight and like take up the news and take up a bunch of attention, I feel like people are going to be like, just shut up. You know, I don't know. Maybe, Maybe I'm projecting, but. Well, I mean, I uh, did break my own rules because the uh, local DSA here was doing a membership drive. And so I, like, rejoined uh, DSA just so they could get one more guy. And then I did, and I was like, I have no idea what I would do with this. So I think I just wasted 20 bucks, you know. Mm-hmm. But it, but it, but at least they got some cash to do some good work or whatever. And I and I did joke that like maybe I should like show up to stuff and be like my main issue is trying to get rid of the sexist and homophobic age of consent laws here <laughs> in DC. Yeah, yeah. You know, and just like <laughs> D and, and just like well, first of all, we we need, we need to get rid of the age of consent. Second, every beach should be a nude beach. You know, just like <laughs> just like, with, like weird stuff like that. But um, I think that would make people like mad at me so yeah well i, I mean I, you would hope so that uh, the worst <laughs> outcome would be. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. people are like yeah. oh wow that is such a good idea yeah yeah everyone stands <laughs> up and applauds and they're like finally someone said it <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> every yeah. single guy in dsa should have an alarmingly younger girlfriend <laughs> yeah um <laughs> Yeah, but I mean, like, but I mean, I, I, I think stuff like, you know, like that, like, doesn't really have a big draw for me because I've been married for a long time, 
and I don't need to find a girlfriend with a nose ring, you know? <laughs> so, like, so, like, I just don't see the... It's like, oh, why would I waste my time with this? I'm already married. She's a Catholic, <laughs> nonetheless, right? Like, yeah, yeah. But, um, you know, I, it's, 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 it's good for people to do that, not, not to say that they don't do good work or anything, but it just seems like a big time sink, you know, that I could sure. spend on, like, Legos or whatever. Um, (laughs) it's one of those things like if you are already kind of like self-motivated you have some idea of something you want to do and that would be a vehicle to kind of help you accomplish that then great you know that's awesome but i don't think it's necessarily one of those things that you get involved in and you find some kind of spark and it like revitalizes your life or so you know what i mean like i don't know i I, I have no idea but that's my sense I think that uh, Noam Chomsky basically got it right when um, he said that you should like find a thing that you're really into and then put like two hours a week into that. So you don't burn out, Mm -hmm. you know, just like, just like do a small thing, you know, per week on like a long-term thing. And instead of, cause like, cause like the, the, the like issue with a lot of like left stuff that I see is that it quickly becomes a, uh, lifestyle sort of thing and like people wrap up their whole like social and uh romantic life and their sense of self into it you know for like a few years and then when it goes bad they like burn out and don't want to do stuff again so yeah yeah or they just double down and become like kind of kind of kooky like cultist kind of types you know like oh yeah like the uh i mean like what i was nuts when uh i was in a worker's world for a for a bit there there were people who were like i've been in the party for 30 years now and i'm like that's 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 sick (laughs) (laughs) that makes but but it's also like wait you've been in here for 30 years and like what what have you done you know it's like well we've been to a lot of protests okay, that's cool. You know? Yeah. I mean, there's something to be said for that on some level, but if you've devoted 30 years of your life to that and that's like your thing and that's what you've accomplished, it's kind of like maybe, maybe something else. (laughs) Maybe try and figure (laughs) something else out. Yeah. I mean, and, and I, and I do think it's good that there are people who like treat politics as like a full-time thing, you know, but yeah, I mean, because like someone has to do it, and I don't want to do it. So if it's someone else, then that's then that's fine. But it it uh, seems to make people's brains work weird, you know. Yeah, yeah. I always feel like I don't know. I just think like some people kind of postpone their life a little bit, and like it's like they can't get on with their life until some sort of a political goal is achieved or whatever. Like it's sort of like they just kind of like feel more miserable than they really need to be because politics aren't going their way or something. And so there's like kind of invest themselves in, we got to accomplish this, you know, we can't really be happy until this happens. And then they kind of like convince themselves of that. And I don't know. I feel like people should try to find something like that. You can enjoy it, like assuming that you're going to lose every political fight in your lifetime, you know, like yeah. it'd be pretty sad if you just go through life, like fighting some, political fight and it never happens and it doesn't even push anything forward and you just never you know you just never did anything you never really lived a life that wasn't kind of just like this miserable 
millenarian thing is kind of, I don't know, just a little sad. I mean, do you think people do that in a lot of different ways, though? Like, for some people, mm. that, might, that, that might be like, oh, I'm going to go to grad school. Or, oh, I'm going to get, yeah. like, the best job. Or I'm going to make this much uh, money. You know? Yeah, I think you're and right like, about that. And like, yeah. and, 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 like, that just, be, and, and, like, you have this, like, goal that you may or not, that, like, you may or may not be able to do. And you forget that in, like, life, right? There are, like, a million, like, little things per day that you can do that are, like, you know, going going to, like, bring you some, like, sense of joy, right? You know, like, you, you can go home and you can, like, clean your place. You can make food. Um, you can, like, read a book, you know. And if you, like, I mean, I mean at, at, at least for me, like, because I, I definitely tend to get into that thing where it's like, oh, if like I'm not able to do this, this and this, then what was my life for? You know, mm-hmm. but then if I like, you know, sort of like zoom in on like the like day to day and like take things like one step at a time, be like, well, before I do that, I need to like clean my room. And then before I do that, I need to make some food and I need to take a shower. I need to walk my dog, you know, and then like if I fill my day with all these things then I'll be like, okay, well, I did what I was, I did what I had to do today and I can like put this off and I'm not like super worried about it. I don't know. I think I talked about this last time. So sorry to the guests who heard that last one, you know, but. <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't remember. It sounds fresh to me. Um, yeah. yeah, I, uh, I think you're right. I think, I think there's something, I remember reading this thing that has always stuck in my mind about like the, um, I think it was either Protestant or like Anglo-American sort of cultural mentality or something about how we, when I say we, you know, I know none of us are Protestant here, but like from a culture that's predominantly, you know, influenced Mm -hmm. by Protestantism and stuff, uh, have a sense of temporality, which is really extreme in the sense that it, it looks at the immediate as very urgent and then it looks at the extreme long term and there's no middle ground. So it's like you have to act now so that you can live forever sort of thing. Mm-hmm. There's no yeah. sense of like a kind of moderate like middle ground where it's like something sort of can take place on in that level. You know, it's always yeah. very urgent and then these huge goals that will be achieved that will last forever. And mm-hmm. uh, I think that most obviously you can see that in like all the millenarian cults you know what i mean yeah Yeah. like jehovah's witness for example it's like the kind of archetype and uh yeah i I think like the pursuit of like monetary success and that kind of thing and status uh that is a is an easy analog there in like a secular context that i think a lot of people get hung up on and then it does seem like kind of political cultism or whatever you want to call it is sort of the uh like the left version of that you know, where it's like we achieve like these political goals and you like kind of identify with like these things going on in other places and you don't really know what's going on in those places. So you kind of make it up like this narrative of what's happening there. Like it's a victory or it's a loss and there's like these people that are defending this thing for you or something. And uh, yeah, you just you always have the sense of urgency, but it, it and it seems like such an important thing, but it never really goes anywhere. Like it doesn't actually yeah. manifest anything. Yeah. Do you find that Islam is sort of a corrective to that for you? Because I feel the same way with Catholicism for me, that it 
imbues the sort of like everyday routine stuff with a sense of uh, sacramentality, for lack of a yeah, yeah. I I absolutely feel that way for me personally. I mean, because because like I know that for you guys, like you have like stuff that you get to do every day, and like it it seems to me that like having to think about like the like prayers you have to do each day, and then like the rules that you have to follow would like occupy enough of your mind that you don't get too worried about the end of the world, you know? Yeah, I, I, that's that's spot on. I mean, it's not true in every case. I don't think Islam course, yeah, or yeah. any religion is like some kind of magical solution to that. There's definitely, I mean, pick any like Islamist group, right? Like they're, right. they're extremely inside of that kind of way of thinking. But uh, yeah, personally, I think that uh, it, it does do that for me. Um, the daily prayers is a really like stabilizing kind of force in my life. And, uh, yeah, all the little things, you know, parts of the Sunnah and, uh, it's not just rules, you know, but just like trying to emulate the prophet, thinking about things he said and did. And like, you know, Christians have the, what would Jesus do? It's a, you know, what would Muhammad do kind of a thinking, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, that, that really helps. And, uh, you know, I was actually, this Hadith came up earlier today, actually in a different context of where the, the prophet said that, if you hear the, I'm forgetting what it is. Oh, if you hear the trumpet at the end of time, like there's a trumpet that's supposed to like sound that declares the end of time and, and the world ending and all that. Uh, if you hear that and you have a, a sapling in your hand that you're about to plant, go ahead and plant that. Right. So like the idea is right. the, you know, that time frame isn't your concern. Your concern is like your ongoing action. And I think that's because it's really more about like the state of your soul and you should be kind of in a good place consistently throughout your life as best you can making that effort. And that is the like key to happiness. It's not so much about like achieving X, Y, Z things because in the end it's all going away anyways. Right. Like, and yeah, uh, I, I think even if you're like a secular person, like a non-believing person, uh, you can look at climate change or something and kind of <laughs> substitute that in for the end of the world. I think that's a pretty easy thing to do, you know, uh, Try to, oh, yeah. you know, try to just uh, do good to yourself and to the people around you, you know, and uh, and kind of live like that. I think that's a yeah. probably a more satisfying way to live. Don, do you want to weigh in on this? Yeah, no, I mean, I, I keep thinking that uh, I, I think I think it's true with the whole uh, Catholic thing that it does have that similar, at least for me, you know, like that, like pace yourself kind of thinking and and it, it actually sort of pushes me on things like politics towards the Chomsky give a few hours a week and that's it kind of thing, you know, like pace yourself, mm-hmm. think in terms of the long term instead of just obsessing about like, uh, yeah, I do think that it, the, the other side of things is that that idea that you're in some sort of rolling emergency and that you have to figure out some way like escape hatch from that that you know solves all the problems or something and mm-hmm. uh, yeah instead just kind of um you know just just yeah take that view of uh that the macro historical stuff is not really as much your issue to worry about and uh yeah i mean one thing that uh, i i've heard other people say but like uh, i don't know if you think it's true or not but uh um is that in the united states a lot of the catholic stuff that's out there uh, it seems to almost mimic the Protestant stuff in a lot of ways, or like it's very, you know, it, it has that tone of emergency and, you know, evangelical sort of 
anger and stuff. Like I know a lot of the churches now like Trumpified in some ways, you know, and uh, especially with like COVID yeah. and stuff. Like, uh, have you noticed that at all in your area, or is that you know? Um, um, to be honest, I don't think it's a lot of the church, but I yeah. think it's like a vocal enough minority online that okay. it seems like a big deal. Sure. Um, the only, cause like the, um, churches around here have been very, for the most part, like strict about, you know, um, masks and social sure. dis- distancing and like yeah. not having, you know, as many people in masks as they used to but um the more like traditionalist like uh latin mass guys have been really having a hard time with that yeah and um uh and a lot of them have sort of gotten on the tip it's like oh this is a hoax oh they're trying to shut the church down yeah blah blah blah. and and so like if like you go to like a latin mass you might see like one person wear a mask but if you go to like a for lack of a better word uh normal mass then it's going to be all masked up for the most part and uh people don't think twice about it yeah have you yeah. heard much reaction or like you know you had said we had talked briefly about this but like uh um you know the pope they had that yeah. sort of uh moment this week where uh you know they had an interview with him where he said that he supports gay civil unions because he thinks everyone has like a right to a family and stuff. And, um, I saw that like a lot of, there was some anger of that from different bishops and stuff, but yeah, again, think, you think that he yeah. said that a long time ago though. He did too. He did. He said yeah, it, so. that actual interview was like a year ago. And then he also said it, that they should be open to it in like 2014 or something. So it's been in the pipeline, I think for a bit, but I think the difference is that they, the, both the documentary and uh the sort of liberal catholic stuff um mm-hmm. uh sort of used it as like a big push moment kind of thing i think to kind of show that like uh it was like a change in approach or something so yeah but, and uh, yeah i'm not sure what else you would expect them to do with that you know it's like yeah it's like it's like if like if like you leave some like food out on the on the table and your dog comes up and eats the food, you can't be mad at the dog for that. Sure. You know, like yeah. that, 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 that just makes no sense. And, um, you know, like what, what like makes me like sad is, uh, to see people just kind of like lose their shit and be like, I am so disappointed in the Pope for causing, uh, what's, what's the word they like to use a lot for causing kin- confusion in, uh, the flock. Yeah. And it's like, you know, I don't, I don't really, you know, I mean, I, I, I I don't really see the downside here of like people thinking that like, oh, the Catholic church might not be so anti-gay for me. Like, you know, that, that, that doesn't really have, you know, I mean, that, that's not super tied up with the, um, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so it's, it, it, it just seems like really not a big deal, but it is like something that you can just expect people to freak out about, you know? Right. Sure. Yeah. It kind of shows you like some people will kind of hide behind traditional teachings around sexuality and marriage and stuff and kind of use it to justify like things that kind of go beyond the bounds of that, that are a little bit more about like hatred and bigotry and stuff. And it's not so much about like, well, I just want, you know, 
make sure that we're doing what God says and that kind of stuff. And it's more yeah. like, you know, I hate these people. They're disgusting, blah, blah, blah. I, well, I've I always think, thought like civil yeah. unions made a lot of sense because it's doesn't inter- it doesn't encroach on religious territory at all. It's completely right. like a made up thing in the sense of like it's man made. You know, it doesn't have any kind of religious import at all. So like if if you're OK with secular government you know you're not waging catholic jihad or whatever you know what I, mean? Well, I, mean, I mean i mean i mean even even like marriage itself as it exists now is so far removed right. from what the catholic church says about it for instance you can get divorced right so i mean that's i mean so so like so, so like sort of like right out the gate that's that's sort of like a hint yeah. at like you know like the like marriage that the state will give you and the marriage that you can do in the church are not even uh, remotely the same thing. But of course, people find all sorts of reasons to flip out about it. And I was yeah. thinking, like, back to the talk about, um, you know, like trying to like maintain peace. It's like really striking to me how often the scriptures say, "Hey, don't worry, don't be afraid, calm down, be yeah. chill," you know, and sure. and. You know, and and I think that speaks to a truth that at at least in my mind, I think that um, sort of like being unable to maintain like peace of heart and like peace of mind and letting anxiety rule you is, you know, like a um, really like crafty way that the devil can use to get into your heart, you know, mm-hmm. to like make you feel like there's no hope to make you feel like the world's about to end. And to like really get you off your balance, you know, but if, 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 if you read, if you read the good book, there's like so many times that you're told to like, don't worry, be at peace, love God, you know, that that's like, that's like, that's like what I think about a lot with this sure. stuff. Yeah. That, that makes a lot of sense to me. I mean, just from like a Muslim perspective, I, I always think about when people are freaking out about this kind of stuff, cause there's the same sort of you know, same sort of like culture war kind of stuff that goes on. Uh, you know, we have like a global economic system that is completely, you know, in violation of the Sharia in so many ways. Like it's yeah. based on interest. There's exploitation of people all over the place. You can barely find any business contract that really upholds like not only the the spirit, but like the letter of the Sharia. You can't even find clothes that aren't made by slave labor. And, you know, in the sense of like, the slavery that we're talking about today is not any kind of slavery that would be sanctioned by, you know, there's just so many problems. All the people that complain about like gay marriage or whatever, they're eating factory farmed, you know, meat all the time. That's got a halal sticker on it. Like, yeah, okay. I'm sure that's exactly what the Sahaba were doing. People back in the day, like the Sahaba, they were so careful and scrupulous about where their clothing was produced and how it was produced and who did it. And the same thing with their food and everything. And, you know, that we just kind of like accept that, well, I can't really do much about that. Uh, maybe we should change it. Da, 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 da. But there's not this anger around it, you know, when there's like real violation of rights and abuse of the planet and other people and all kinds of stuff. But then when it comes to this stupid issue, people somehow find all this energy to get all mad at everybody and divide the community so much. It's just, it's really insane. Like I tend to side with the conservative side of things just because I think that that's what the, you know, I, I want to stick to what the Sharia says, right? I don't want to like violate. Right. That. 
And I think people on like the kind of progressive side of things, they tend to throw that out the window a little bit more than I'm comfortable with. But I think I think it would be funny if you were like, actually, Islam is the same as uh, Marxism and yeah. you should join the DSA and like you should make that your whole thing. <laughs> when I first converted, it was a little bit like that. I was trying to kind of like meld the two. I was kind of coming from the Marxist thing and trying. I mean, there's yeah. a lot of things in Islam that sort of attracted me, but. Anyway, um, sorry, I uh, I uh, cut you off. What 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 were you saying again? Oh, I don't know. I was just going on my yeah. rant about that kind of stuff. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, it's a it's a it's a it's a it's a good rant because I I I think that especially if you're a convert, right, you're like probably more sensitive than someone who is like born into it about like trying to be like faithful to like what you were taught is you know the actual like like stuff you're supposed to follow and think, you know? Yeah. I mean, I, I, I wouldn't want to claim that for myself, but I think that people do have that sense. There are a lot of people who are like born into a tradition and then kind of like have their own sort of like conversion experience in a sense. Like they kind of come back to it in a more serious way. You know, I think it's, you know, I don't think there's a big difference between like someone who actually literally converts and someone who has that kind of like, you know, that sort of experience. Um, I, think I, I think too. I think this all kind of comes back to the stuff we were talking about earlier about like the sense of urgency that kind of drives people into weird behaviors and stuff like it, it the whole thing around like homosexuality and like changing social mores and stuff it, it has this sense of like oh we got to act now it's so urgent it, the whole you know civilization is crumbling kind of thing and there's no sense of let's figure out something that kind of works instead of freaking out and just trying to find like the easy solution that's just right you know right in our grasp and we can just apply that immediately you know people don't aren't willing to like work through things you know what i mean yeah i mean like the i mean the the like thing is like people who are like gay and trans have been here for a long time they're here today and they're going to be here tomorrow they're going to be here for the rest of our lives you know Mm -hmm. and so for like people trying to you know who like try to like cover their ears and uh, pretend that we can go back to this like fictional world where none of this stuff was a quote unquote, you know, like things they had to uh, worry about is just like a very weird um, delusion to me. I think people should chill out for the most part. Right. And it doesn't necessarily mean like, yeah, let's just do whatever the kind of like status quo sort of like liberal new thing is. You know, you don't necessarily have to jump on board with all that. But there's a difference between yeah. that and and just like calming down a little bit and just accepting like this is where things are going a little bit. You don't have to like it, but you also don't have to like go crazy about it, you know. Uh, whenever I look at like medieval responses to this kind of stuff, like, like medieval texts around these kind of things, it's really interesting because they are very like reasonable, you know, they're just trying to like sort through things like, okay, well, how do we deal with this? Like, um, like in the case of like intersex people, how do you deal with that in terms of prayer? Because, Mm -hmm. you know, you're supposed to have men doing one thing, women doing another thing. So they, they've kind of find like a, it's a very elegant sort of solution. So like traditionally you would have men praying in front and women praying behind. Uh, mm-hmm. Nowadays, there's more like of a partition where it's like men in one room, and it gens- tends to be like ninety percent of the mosque, and then women are in this little closet with all the kids. Uh, <laughs> which is, you know, that's not. I'm not really happy about that, but that's what it is. Uh, you know, so like w- the way they figured out with intersex is they put them in the middle, 
So not only does it not make like not in their own line, but they can kind of they're at the front of the women's lines or at the back of the men's line, whichever they yeah. feel more comfortable with and which, you know, they kind of pick one way to dress. Right. Like there's a very specific way. It's pretty clear when it comes to Muslims, if someone's a man or a woman based on their dress, you know, so like they pick one and then th- that's them in the line. And it kind of like it doesn't draw attention to it. It doesn't make a big deal about it. it I, I, don't, I don't know. I, I you know, I'm not intersex, so maybe it's not my place to say, but to me, that looks like a pretty even handed kind of like, well, this isn't a big deal. It's just something that happens. We got to figure some way to deal with this. It's a, a very minority sort of a case. And, um, you know, LGBT stuff, it, it's more prevalent than something like that, but it is still kind of like a minority situation. So you can kind of uh, accept that like, we have like a default sort of thing that's like the norm, like where it's just like someone is like a straight, like cis person, you know, everything is sort of like as you would assume things to be. And that's what the the basic framework is set up around. But there are these edge cases or like minority situations and you just find something that works and you don't have to like freak out about it. Like be in dialogue with them. You don't have to, you know, you have your your, your non-negotiables, like the, we got this and this and this, but okay, they want, like the Pope was talking about, a right to a family. I think that's a very good point to raise. There's nothing in mm-hmm. either religion that says they don't have a right to a family. Like So if that's something they want, let them have that in a way that makes sense and that isn't violating like a direct kind of piece of law or whatever. Yeah, I mean, I I think, uh, again, that just like, you know, starting from, from the point of like, you know, like, I mean, whether or not you have an issue with it, like, these are people who exist, and they are loved by God, you know, and um, they yeah. shouldn't be driven away, you know, so, yeah. like, you, 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 like, start from that, and then you go from there, as opposed to, like, being worried, it's like, but I have to be, a re- but I have to be a Republican, too, you know? Right, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's um, like, uh, even if you consider it like a sin and an abomination and all that kind of stuff, the the scriptures talk about all kinds of things that people do all the time and you never bat an eye at that kind of stuff. People lie, right. they cheat, you know, they do all this kind of stuff and you don't think twice about right. it. But for some reason, this thing gets you so incensed. It's just crazy, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, you, yeah. You, 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 you guys said you had some questions, right, that you wanted to talk about? Yeah, actually. Um, yeah. So there was one question I saw in here that I wanted to get into, but we kind of have been talking about this the whole episode. is sort of funny. So I don't know. We'll just oh, we'll just nice. dive into this one. So it says, everything y'all say is about how it's gay to care about the world or try to change anything. 100% convinced you're cops. Uh, yes. So- <laughs> yes. I mean, I am, I am the closest thing to a cop you've had on the show. And well, so, I, I mean, uh, and so- technically I'm not a cop. I'm a chief of police. So that kind of puts right. me in a management <laughs> position. But yeah, sure. Right. I mean, so this is the thing, like, yes, it is gay to care about the world and try to change stuff. But is being gay bad? That's what's open for discussion here. <laughs> right. So now it's in your hands. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, uh, you know, both Tom and I mentioned this earlier to yourself, but like, you know, the, the actual name of the podcast is You Can't Win. So, I mean, it's like, you know, getting too riled up about the fact that we're not telling you to max out your credit card to donate to dsa or something like it's not like that's not really the goal of uh, what we're talking about it's more kind of working through things pretty slowly and just chatting about stuff and having fun 
And uh, I don't know. So it is good that like, you know, I, I feel like that was probably like a crossover person from someone that hates Chapo and listens to it, though. And then, uh, and then, you know, that's a lot of like, people. Yeah. And then, uh, they heard me on there and then they go, okay, I got to check out this guy's podcast. And then they listen to it for a while. And then they're like, you know, they told me that giving blood every few months so that I can donate the money to, uh, you know, abolish the police or whatever is, uh, is not the, not a hundred percent a good idea. So I'm going to have to fire off a question to them, insulting them. So, yeah. Well, I mean, they, did they insult us? I don't know. They they said we're cops. I think <laughs> that's a noble profession. That's a sure. yeah. high-minded thing. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I, I think it's funny. It came also off the heels of like a episode. We called it something like we're not voting for Biden or something like that. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I wonder if this person's kind of like real, you know, in that kind of like this is the most important election kind of frenzy and stuff. You could feel that way. I, I, I just don't. And that's. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, I don't think it's bad if someone takes this stuff seriously. Good. Maybe you're a better person than me. I don't know. I, I just feel the way I feel. It's my podcast, so I'm going to say what I think. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. about it. Um, sure. I mean, I I voted for Jesse Ventura, and my wife voted for Marianne, the Orb Queen. And nice. we feel very cool. and 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 we feel very good about our votes because sure, we sure. both thought of like. Like who's like the most based person we can think of, and yeah. then just wrote them in. So, um, um, uh, d- uh, I, I I guess this this might give away part of your geography, so we can always delete it. But like, uh, um, yeah, do your zero vote count? Oh, and um, no, I I don't care if people know where I live because if they okay. look me up on Twitter, they'll know. Um, in Washington D.C., the uh, answer is like federally, of course, no. Um, presidentially, no, because we go like strong D every time. There are some like city council races where I, I guess our votes are more meaningful. But um, what I did for those was I just called someone who was in the DSA and I had them walk me through who to vote for. And I was sure. like, All right, cool. And then I just didn't really think about it that much. Yeah. Um, and then and then we also had a um, initiative to make like. Um, uh enforcement about like psychedelic mushrooms and stuff like that uh, a uh to like stop prosecution on that and so i voted yes for that so hopefully i can get some mushrooms soon uh that'd be cool have you ever done those before yeah 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 they're uh they're uh fun the uh issue with like uh mushrooms is that the uh, last like two times i've done that i've like thrown up a lot so Mm. i and and like when you're like tripping and then you throw up and it's like a rainbow coming out of your mouth. You're right. And like you know, it's like oh, this is this is this is strange. Um, yeah, it's weird because it doesn't feel bad as much when you're if you right. actually started to like trip by the time that happens. It, it's uh, it's yeah. weird. I, well, I think the, it gets uh, worse the more you do it too. Like it doesn't get yeah. better. No, the uh, yeah the uh, last time I did a bunch of them, I was. I was um, spinning records at a dive bar, and like during the gig, I I, I was just like, I'm, I'm gonna have a mushroom. Oh, no, 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 you know, and just mm-hmm. went for it. And so by the end of it, I was like going hard, and then and 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 then this guy like punched me in the chest really hard, um, because I Whoa. think he thought, yeah, because I think he thought that his girl was trying to dance with me, but I was just kind of in like, you know, the 
I, 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 I was just on a different planet by then. Yeah, and like <laughs> yeah, a shitty so, grin. Right. He's like, "Are you talking to my girl?" <laughs> just like grinning at him. <laughs> yeah, and I'm like, and I'm like, I'm like, brother, who are you? You know. Um, and so yeah, he uh, punched me hard, and so I like threw up really bad, and then I went home and I threw up more, and my wife was like, "Did you learn your lesson?" And I was like, "Yeah, I should be more careful about doing mushrooms." And she was like, "You you don't think the lesson is not doing them?" <laughs> and I was yeah, like, yeah, and yeah. I was like, and I was like, "No, I I think I can fix this the next time." And then I watched the uh, Matrix, and I was like, "Wow, this makes so much sense to me now." <laughs> um, so, so yeah. I, uh, I, uh, I uh, had a classic, like sort of uh, Joe Rogan, sort of like, man, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm a dumb guy, but I still think about the world, you know, type night. Uh, That's mm-hmm. cool. Yeah, mushrooms yeah. are. Uh, I think they were my favorite hallucinogen when I was into that kind of stuff. They're just like yeah, uh, fun. They make you feel like a kid, you know. I mean, it's like it's like one of those things where like I think about doing it or like. LSD, but I realized that I have like stuff to do that day, and so I was like, "Oh, I don't have time," you know. And yeah. so it just kind of like pushes that on for like weeks and weeks, and I'm just like, "Oh yeah, I I I just don't have a whole day to set aside to like be stupid," you know. It's kind of like two days too. I don't know. For me, it was always like the day after is just kind of shot. Your, your oh, yeah, brain yeah, just yeah, doesn't yeah. quite work. You're like operating on like ten percent brain power. Yeah, it's just it's just all the way fried for me most of the time. But yeah. the like few days after that feel nice, mm-hmm. you know. But it's but it's still like it's like it's like not a question of like do I think it's like a good or bad thing to do or is it even fun to do or not. It's 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 just that I don't have time anymore. So yeah. Oh well, yeah. I I feel mm-hmm. totally satisfied with my life without having any kind of thing like that in it anymore. It just seems like a complete like. a a side move at best and a negative at worst, you know, and obviously that can be a very negative thing. So yeah, I just, I guess, you know, the the typical stories, people grow out of it and stuff. I guess it happened to me, you know? Yeah. The uh, last time I did acid, I watched bar. Um, sorry, you, you, you can cut this part out because I'm going to stammer a lot. Um, It's okay. Sorry. (laughs) It's endearing to be honest. (laughs) I know, I know. Uh, the uh, last time I did acid, I watched a uh, barber shop, which was the funniest <laughs> movie of yeah, all yeah, yeah. time. I mean, like both like when when I was a teen, and then I wa- and then when I watched it like on acid, like twelve years later, you know. Yeah. Um, because like because like there's 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 the uh, white guy who uh, works there who's just like totally dumb. But then at the end of the movie, it's like, oh, he cuts hair the best. Damn, that's that's so cool. And just like that, like plot twist made <laughs> made made me just laugh so hard. I was like, what a what a genius movie this is. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Anyway, sorry. What's the uh, next question? Uh, let's see. Do you guys like Glenn Beck? Um, do they? Is that that's the oh Glenn Beck? He's the he's the American. Uh, yeah, he he was like a big deal back in the day, right? He was like the big yeah, yeah. rabble rouser on the right, and doesn't that seem so quaint? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know. Um, um, I guess he's like, kind of had strange like flips and turns in his trajectory. I, I haven't really been paying attention to him. Wasn't he one of the first like mainstream guys on Fox to take like the conspiratorial turn? 
Yeah, and, I think and, so. Yeah, and like people thought that was so wild back in the day when he had like a a uh, a uh, blackboard that was like Obama, Arrow, Acorn, Arrow, mm-hmm. Karl Marx, Arrow, yeah. Trotsky, Arrow, Saul Alinsky. You know, like people <laughs> yeah, like, oh, yeah, that's yeah, like yeah. that's like crazy. You know, but um, yeah, no, I uh, my um when I was growing up, my, my dad listened to a lot of like right wing talk stuff. So, um, we got a lot of Rush Limbaugh who I think is going to die soon. So rest in peace to him. Best to ever do it. Goat <laughs> King, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, and then we listened to Michael Savage, who was always the most apocalyptic of them. Right. You know, but like probably the most funny, but, um, Glenn Beck was on the air too. And I always thought that he was a very um, talented broadcaster, but like very cornball, you know? Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, that's like, that's like kind of how, how I think of those guys. Cause the like politics of course are bad. So then you have to think about like how they do it, you know? And uh, Glenn Beck has had so many weird, like twists and, and turns that it's hard to like, you know, actually care about him now. Yeah, I remember there was like that picture of him with Samantha B being like, "You got to quash this beef," kind of thing, and uh, <laughs> being like, "You know, we're we're on the same side together." And I don't know. I think she uh, she doesn't come out looking that good after that. I don't know. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I don't know. Just like, uh, I don't know. It just uh, it's just it's funny how that happens sometimes in American or like whatever. You know, people are like, "There's actually this show." in uh canada where i don't know if it's they have on the states but like it's called like something like political first date or something i don't know they take two politicians from like different traditions and make them like hang out for a day and uh it, it, it you can just imagine it's not it's not no no it's not well thought out but like uh it's funny because you know you get all these people that are like you know i, I don't know it's very much like uh makes me feel like ruling class is all one blob kind of right because it's all like people that are like in their everyday life or like that person's trying to make it so that the you know the planet bakes from climate change or something and then they they hang out like taking bike rides together and you're like okay well I don't know. yeah you're like why are all these first dates pizza why do they always go to this pizza place <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah yeah what if so. we had the great british baking show but it was baking the entire country of britain with climate change (laughs) i think that would rule (laughs) yeah yeah, yeah. Yeah, that would be great (laughs) you know i saw this thing i think it was on youtube or reddit where i saw it it was uh an ad that's going on like a political ad in utah and it's a republican and the democrat like it's the two candidates for i don't know whatever it is governor or something and uh it's like a joint ad for the two of them and so yeah. they both kind of take turns speaking. And one of them is like, you know, I'm so-and-so. I'm the Democratic candidate for the state of Utah. And then the Republican's like, and I'm so-and-so. And I'm the Republican. And we may disagree on things, but we can respectfully agree to unite for the right, you know, for the American people, blah, 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 blah. And that seems so much more dystopian than any kind of like, you know, <laughs> yeah, 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 crazy yeah. Trump-Biden kind of stuff. It's, yes. it, yeah. These like just soulless like suits being like, we are both the same. We were yeah, both yeah. the ruling class. It's just horrible. Yeah. Imagine that you're like a person who watches that ad though, and you're like, "Yes, this is exactly more of what we need." How much of a dum dum 
Would you have yeah. to be oh, to like really you know like fall for that shit? Yeah, I saw it. Now I'm remembering. I did see it on Reddit, and that's what all the comments were. It's like, oh, finally, it was on the, yeah, yeah. the made me smile uh, subreddit. Oh, <laughs> good. Yeah, that subreddit. I, I, sometimes they have like cute little animals and stuff, so that's why I have it subscribed. But I swear, like seventy percent of it is like people's before and after with like their like their trans transitional kind of thing. It's like, yeah. okay, that I, I don't need. I, that's not what I sub for, you know. That's like seventy percent of the content in the subreddit, and then they throw this like shitty ad up there. I don't know. I'm about ready to unsubscribe from that. I think talk myself I mean, into I it think, here. I I think the average IQ of Reddit is about a hundred flat. You know, like it's just, <laughs> it's just yeah. which is like which is like why it's a fun site to read, and like you know, I uh, like to read it, and I like to listen to uh, Rogan too. Just so I can have like an idea of what like dumb guys are going to talk to me about the next week, you know. Mm-hmm. So it's mm-hmm. like, oh, I'm prepared now for this. But yeah, I don't know. yeah, but, and you got to get your public freakouts in there, you know. Yeah, <laughs> public freakouts are great, even though it's like, even though most of them are like, I left out the 20 minutes where I like bullied the shit out of this person. You know, and yeah, like, <laughs> like flipping out on me. You watch enough of those, and you can kind of fill in the blanks. You kind of can, like, s- you just get a sense of what was going on in the situation. You kind of have this like sixth sense for like, oh, okay, I, the guy, the guy filming this is actually the asshole here. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know. I was going to suggest that people listen to "You Can't Win" to figure out what dumb guys will be saying for the next week. I don't know. <laughs> so that, that would be. <laughs> No, I mean, like, people people should listen to this one. I think I'm the closest to, like, a Joe Rogan-level IQ that you guys have had on the podcast. So if uh, people want to hear what a dumb guy thinks about that stuff, this is is the perfect one to tune into, you know? (laughs) Well, like like I was saying, your last episode was a fan favorite, so. Oh, yeah, I know. Um, (laughs) Yeah. And I and I think this was a fun one too. I hope uh, people like it, even though it didn't have as many uh, funny tales and a lot of talk about God and gay people and stuff. So I hope people are able to make it through that. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, I mean, yeah, I mean, I mean, like someone someone got uh, mad at me from like uh, real life for like the last one I was on because I think I like made a joke where like. Uh, someone was getting mad at me at a surf and I and I joked about telling them that they're being gay and uh, someone sent me a message they're like I can't believe you're a homophobe (laughs) well you know it's fine dude (laughs) (laughs) yeah Yeah. Uh, anyway Uh, let's see let me let me take a look at these questions here let's pick some more my favorite pedophile is Roman Polanski who is your favorite? I know Don's favorite is Woody Allen. Yeah, mine mine is Woody Allen. I would say I don't know. I I'm, I I will still probably cry when he dies. I think that like of of if if I cry like at a celebrity, it'd probably be him or something because I I really uh, like his movies. Even though uh, he's being uh, accused of certain um, personal faults, mm-hmm. so yeah. Well, I guess, I guess being a Catholic is sort of like muscle memory sure. for you now at this point. <laughs> yeah, yeah. like well he's a pedophile but yeah 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 we know we i've been through this before sure yeah uh, um trying to think for myself i i do like roman polanski's movies a lot i don't 
have a very positive impression of him, even like setting aside the pedophilia. Like, I still think like personally, he seems like an asshole, even that aside. Yeah. Uh, but the movies are good. Um, yeah. I will say, I'm just thinking about the Epstein flight logs and the ones that kind of hit the most. Uh, Chris Tucker kind of hits hard a little bit. Um, I got to assume every British celebrity is a pedophile. So I got to yeah. throw Bob Mortimer in there. You guys know him? No, I don't no. know. He's very funny. I've been watching these UK panel shows. Uh, like, mm-hmm. um, what's it called? Uh, Would I Lie to You and Taskmaster and stuff like that. And they're a lot of fun. You know, they're kind of a little bit more like an old school game show kind of thing that we don't really do in the States anymore. Um, but uh, Bob Mortimer is by far the funniest person on those things. Him and James Acaster, those are probably my two favorites. Uh, I think I think my answer is all of Europe. <laughs> yeah. Okay. It's, my, it's, it's my favorite pedophile. So shout out to Europe. Yeah. Um, well, for the Roman Polanski person, um, that, uh, yeah, like, uh, I would have you uh, have you either of you seen the movie Ghost Rider? Yes. Yeah, it's not it's very very bad. I don't know. Um it's a, so the plot of the movie is that Pierce Brosnan plays like a Tony Blair clone and uh over the course of the movie it it comes out that like you know to spoil it is uh he has been uh, cultivated by the CIA his entire life and uh it, it, it ends kind of in a dumb way and uh um uh it, yeah he plays like you know like prime minister obviously and stuff and and the whole it's funny because like the whole shocking truth that's like revealed in it other than that is that like he was involved in like torture stuff like like in terms of like allowing it uh mm-hmm. at like black sites hmm. and this was in 2010 so uh i guess so like it's like i don't know it's kind of funny because it's like a roman polanski movie and it's like it's about like real life, but like real life is, you know what I mean? Kind of like it's just ripped from the headlines kind of stuff, but uh, real life is worse. You know, <laughs> it's like, it's like they made this movie about like, uh, they're like, Oh, you know, it's very, very grim. Like, Oh, like, Oh, and then a guy gets killed for or whatever. Like, you know, like they, they shut up this guy for finding out that the CIA actually controls the UK or something. And it's like, yeah, but you can't like, you can't make it like worse, uh, like real life, you know, I don't know. Just very, very frustrating. Right. Yeah. yeah. But it's like Roman Polanski. So it's like, you know, you expect it to be really good. And then it was just, uh, I don't know, pretty sad. I actually don't think I've seen that many Polanski movies. Now that I think about it. I think it's just uh, Rosemary's baby and maybe one other movie. Yeah. But I really liked Rosemary's baby. I was just like from a, you know, I'm not like a big movie guy or anything, but I just enjoyed it. And I don't like horror especially either, but it's mm-hmm. mm-hmm. kind of like a well-made kind of a cool movie. I mean, he's like, he's like one of those guys where if I see he directed the movie, there's like a, there's like a twinge in the back of my brain. That's like, uh, maybe I'll save this for tomorrow. And sure. so they all just get like put off yeah. for a long time. Yeah. It's sure. like, yeah. I could watch a movie by not a pedophile, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Like, well, good kinda... luck. Yeah, <laughs> I know, sure. right? <laughs> I have had I've had found it hard to watch any of Woody Allen's new stuff over the last five or six years, especially because it's gotten so formulaic in a lot of ways that like it's like I don't know it's it's painful to 
I don't know. But it, I, I do respect that, like, he still gets uh, paychecks all the time. That's kind of an yeah. interesting thing. Like, Amazon, you know, really, or yeah, yeah, Amazon and Netflix and stuff, I guess, really, really backing him up. I don't know. Yeah. Um, I mean, the, the, the most recent thing of his I saw was uh, Midnight in Harris, which was funny because I always like movies where where the plot is like you know the uh guy's wife is like a huge like bitch or shrew and so he gets to find a fun way to cheat on her yeah basically i think that's i i think that's a fun plot for a movie to have so uh speaking of movies this question it's more of a statement it says tom should watch the movie boss n-word um I, I just don't like to watch my own work again after I've finished it. <laughs> kind of like to set yeah, that yeah. beside me. That was actually the movie I created for the CIA that got me in. Kind of, you know, made that as like a training movie, and uh, he really liked it and promoted me afterwards. So it's good. Yeah, have, uh, good you times. heard the theme song for that one? Uh, no, no, I haven't. You should make it the outro tune to this show. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're we're off Is- the uh, the. Uh, copyright kind of stuff now we got our own licensed music now but (laughs) if if you are watching at home just imagine um the song as the outro well no it's it's a great like it's it's like a funky uh black exploitation tune where it's like he's a boss boss n-word and it's like (laughs) (laughs) it's so cool that's fun all right, someone here in all caps says, they are behind it all. Couldn't agree more with you, sir. You're right. Yep. Um, they took everything from us. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what is your favorite writing system, man? Not really. Do they mean, Do they mean like or? Cyrillic or like... Cuneiform? Yeah, I don't know. That's all it says. <laughs> I guess that's what that means. I don't know. I like Roman letters. I'm sticking with uh, my own culture on this one. Yeah, I I, uh, I know it's kind of obvious, but I do have a soft spot for like Arabic calligraphy, mm-hmm. especially like the Ottoman style where they really developed it. And it, it's kind of interesting. Very, it's very beautiful. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right, yeah. They, it, it's interesting. I watched this documentary about the like the tradition of that in the ottoman um empire and it was like a it wasn't some it wasn't just like a artistic thing it 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 really had this uh it was almost like a sufi lodge thing of its own like it was this spiritual pursuit and people were there was like a whole system of apprenticeship that would last through your life and you were kind of like raised to be a uh, calligraphist or whatever the word is and uh it was really interesting. Like they would have, like the the pens that they would use, and all this kind of stuff would be made from like a special wood. And so, like if you had a certain mentor, like it might be from a certain plant, like the same one that he used and stuff. And like they did certain things with, like uh, I think when they were buried, they were buried with that in some way. I don't remember all the specifics. But it was it was very interesting just to kind of see how that was like a a complete. It, it wasn't just like a job. You know what I mean? Like it was their whole life. It meant a lot more than just, uh, you know, the art itself. It was it was really cool. Mm-hmm. And I guess I it's think, still alive to some extent in Turkey. Actually, there's still 
that's cool. thing kind of going on. Yeah. I guess that's true in like other parts of the world too, like Japan or something. There's like that whole yeah calligraphy, like and tea ceremony and all that kind of stuff. Like you can be an expert at it. I don't know. Yeah, yeah that that was going to be my other answer to kind of like after the obvious like Ottoman thing was to go with uh, like Japan and Korea. I, if we're if we're just talking about alphabets, I think the Korean alphabet is the coolest. Oh really? You like the simplified symbols thing? It's very aesthetically pleasing to me. It's it's very clear. It's it like it it's uh, easy to read. Like when it's small and and when it's big, yeah. like it just it's a it's a very well designed thing. I think it was pretty recently designed, and yeah. uh, most things like that I don't think are really all that great. Uh, but the Korean thing uh, gets a thumbs up for me. I like the ovals and I like the lines and I mm-hmm. like when they make cool shapes. So one day I'll learn how to read it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Do they use the same thing in North Korea? I'm not. I don't know. Yeah, they do. That's interesting. Yeah. I guess it Han- predates Hangul the uh, or something. I don't know. Yeah, I, I suppose it predates the war. Um, I'm not sure how it works. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know when the switchover was. I feel like Japan probably didn't support it or something. I don't know. Like, so I don't know the relationship there, right? Because it would have been before the war. It would have been Japan for a long time. So I don't know. Right, and then Japan occupied them and really tried to create like a colonial sort of thing. So I would imagine they would try to destroy that as much as they could. And then yeah. right after that, you have the war. So, yeah, that's an interesting timeline. I wonder what happened. If it is post-war, like, and it is some kind of like joint effort by North and South Korea, that's pretty cool. Like, that's, a, yeah, you know, good on them. Yeah. Um. All right, we'll do one more here. Uh, okay, how about this one? Don, elaborate more on your views on the inevitability of the legalization of public nudity. I think we talked about yeah. this a few episodes ago. <laughs> no, I, I, it's because I had a tweet about it, I think. But like, uh, um, yeah, I don't know. I uh, I feel like there's certain things like that where I can imagine there being like uh, people. I don't know. I, I see a lot of like Instagram posts and stuff where it's like people explaining like the five reasons why you have to support this or that kind of thing right or like all the different and they kind of and i always imagine like things that haven't really become public causes yet but could be one day and i think that like public nudity could be one where it's like people will just make like the very obvious things that you always think of with it kind of thing like how can it be illegal to just be yourself and all that kind of stuff yeah. i like to think of all like the memes about that and like all the people being like it becoming at first almost like a polyamory kind of thing where it's like, how can you only be with one person or whatever? But then it becomes like a public thing where people start like, you know, being like the Rosa Parks of it and sitting down dude on the bus and stuff. <laughs> and, and stuff. I don't know, like all the, all the like, you know, and then, you know, people are trying to argue in front of the Supreme Court nude and stuff. And yeah, like, I don't know. I, I think it would be a, a funny thing. And it's one of those things too. I like, I like the example because, uh, you can't really get too angry at it. I mean, you can at some level, but it's like, yeah, I don't know. It's not like uh, if if it did get fully legalized one day or something, it's like, okay, well, whatever. I don't know. It's not, might be mildly annoying, but like, who cares kind of thing. But uh, anyway, so, yeah. Well, I mean, even if it was legal, only people who are weird would do it. So yeah. it it would still stay stay weird. But I think yeah. that it might have the like added benefit of destroying only fans forever 
<laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's like, yeah. So maybe Man, you just maybe, changed my position on this a hundred percent. Maybe, maybe, maybe that can be the end to it. No. I don't know. Well, I, yeah. I've, I've thought maybe I should start one, but it's for like posts that I can't make on Twitter or like ones that I make and then have to del- delete right, you know, like within like a few um, minutes because folks start to get mad at me. So <laughs> mm-hmm. you just maybe... weekly hold up a little card of the N word. <laughs> it's just <that laughs> every week. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, and, and, and for five bucks a month, you know, you can, you can read all of my worst tweets that don't uh, make it to light, you know, mm-hmm. Um, what country do you guys think that this would happen in first, the legalized nudity thing? France. I th- exactly. Yeah. Yep. France. Okay. I was going to uh, say, keep yes. your eye on France. <laughs> I think it would be like, personally, like Denmark or like Germany. It might actually already be legal in Germany or something. You know, like if we look looked it up, yeah. it would probably be like right. some country where it like actually is legal. And it's like, but then, yeah, I don't know. I think in Germany, it's fine in nightclubs. Hmm. Yeah. From like what i've heard from people who go to club there they'd be like yeah this like guy was just naked and it was so cool and chill i'm like yeah that sounds cool (laughs) it's weird that you can have strip clubs and that's not considered like indecent exposure just from like a really autistic kind of like legal perspective like they just make up a rule it's like well except in strip clubs because that's what you're there for you know it's kind of i don't know that's weird to me there's a well, lot of laws yeah. like that. Like, I don't know, the the old classic, like, if you pay for sex, it's a crime. But if you film it, it's legal because it's pornography then or something. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Well, I remember, uh, I think Doug Stanhope had a thing where he was talking about where, I think it was Florida or somewhere. There's some place in the United States where they only have bikini bars mm-hmm. and uh, instead of uh, strip clubs. And that sounded, like, additionally sad to me. I don't know. Right. Or, like, going to a strip club, but not really. Anything? Is this kind of like? I think there's some where it's like the alcohol changes it, so it's like you can have you can have the nudity but no alcohol, or you can have it's just kind of like that, like a bikini sort of thing, yeah, and alcohol. And so there's like different. It's just it's a really weird world to me. I've I've never been in any kind of establishment like that, so I don't know. I don't I don't understand the appeal to be honest. I've only been in them to serve people and I felt like I should have walked in with like, you know, the things that, um, the, uh, horses wear. So like they can't <laughs> side to side. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I, I, I felt that's like what I should have had, but it, but it was very funny to walk up to someone. It's like, Hey, uh, stripper, where's uh, your boss at? I need to talk to him. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, they're like, Hey baby. And I'm like, no, 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 that's come on. Stop. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. My uh, boss used to try to get me to go to those with him, and and I was like, well, I wouldn't go to them in the first place, but like especially so since you're my boss. Yeah, you know, I don't know. Seems yeah, I, I never liked my friends even asking me to go to them. I was always kind of like, I'm not. I don't get it. They seem guys. boring. Yeah. There's a Brent Weinberg joke. I don't know if you guys know that stand-up guy brent weinberg but he does a joke where he's like he's talking about how he doesn't understand this either and he's like hey sir would you like to have a boner can i purchase a boner for you (laughs) you know it's just kind of like this weird situation where it's like you're all (laughs) sitting around just getting a boner together (laughs) i don't know yeah yeah weird stuff okay well i guess we can leave it on that awkward note 
Um, What's more fun fun than getting hard with your friends? That's what we've been doing all night here on You Can't Win. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We've all been at least half chubbed the whole time. And I know you you have two listeners, at least male listeners. Um. (laughs) All right, guys. Again, thank you. Thank you so much for uh, having me back on the pod. It was a pleasure, for real. Oh, oh thanks. No, yeah, thank you for coming on. It's fun to chat. So, yeah. yeah, it's always a joy. And stay safe out there, man, while you're serving papers. Thanks, guys. And uh, y'all have fun, okay? All right. Take care. Um, Bye-bye. Okay, guys. So if you enjoyed this episode and you'd like a second episode every week, you can subscribe to our Patreon, and for five dollars, you will have that as well as a uh, as access to our Discord, where you can talk to us in our community. If you want to send in a question, you can do that by checking out the Twitter podcast account, and you'll see a link to the Curious Cat there, which is pinned, and you can send in an anonymous question. Uh, thanks for listening, and we will catch you next week. Thanks, guys. Bye.